Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All Stars 4, Episode 9, titled Sex and the Kitty Girl. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one sensuous co-host. I have no idea what that means. From New York City <laughs> and the lifestyle blog, hi, how are you? Please say... Life's not fair. To Jamila Zara. Hello, Jamila. Hi. How are Life's you? not fair. Oh, how- love her. Oh, you still, you know, because there are a lot of people I just saw today, all the drag queens. And I, I Look, for everyone listening, I haven't gotten to the bottom of this. I was just kind of going through the, um, the you know, like the Instagram and Twitter and all that. And I just saw on my feed that a lot of, something happened in Australia. I don't know if Naomi was there, but something happened in Australia where someone heckled a drag race girl and detox and uh, somebody else commented on it on social media and then there's a bunch of other twitter things like aja's coming out all these people are saying like stop harassing naomi and i don't know if, i don't know if the two were interconnected i don't know if naomi was in a show in australia and people were heckling her i don't know what happened but a drag okay. race girl got well, heckled I mean, people in australia. adore manila mm-hmm. but like calm down and every drag queen i've seen on social media has been like stop doing that like stop heckling her like we're it's all good i think even manila has said it it's like it's fine you know naomi's like a great competitor and there's just no reason to do it just grow up and uh well i think it was bob that made the point that was like instead of and he was saying that nobody does this he was like instead of throwing hate at naomi if you love manila so much buy her merch buy her album yes. buy her song yes. That's how you can show her support, not by throwing awful racist digs at Naomi Smalls. Right. You know, I just don't understand how people get so wrapped up and so invested in a show that they they feel they have to contact the person and, like, say – it's a a TV show. See, that's the thing is because I can't sit here and act like I'm – any better when i'm watching the show because Mm -hmm. when people have shit to say about naomi i get pissed and i'm like fuck you bitch but like i yell it at my tv i don't go on the keyboard and then just you know people have they're people and they have feelings and people say some nasty disgusting sometimes even death threats yeah and it just doesn't make any sense to me naomi reposted a bunch of things people have written to her uh, I think it was via Instagram, and it was awful. It was like, yeah. Um, it. I'm glad your uh, original family put you up for adoption, and you know, of course, and then it always goes towards the race thing, and it's so, it's so, yeah. it's so dumb. Like, what do they, what do they think now? Was I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. People get very brave behind these keyboards, and uh, you know what's always funny too, and the drag queens that comment on this is. is if the drag, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but if the drag queen or the personality actually confronts the person, they back down so quickly and become such a stand. They're like, it's, yes, like, yes. It's, oh my gosh, I can't believe they actually said something to me. I love you. Oh my <laughs> God, I was just throwing shade. Uh, I love you. Heart, heart, heart. Follow me. And you're like, what? You're like, yeah, man. It comes with the territory. <clears throat> it doesn't make it right, but it's just kind of like what, what they sign up for, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. Now, were you a big Sex in the City fan? You know, that's, that was one of the themes th- this week. Were you a big Sex in the City fan? Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I discovered Sex in the City when <clears throat> I was in college, and I watched every episode. Like, I just binge-watched okay. the whole series. Yeah. And so I was a huge fan. But with time, as I've grown up, mm-hmm. it's just – it's 
become so date the writing is still incredible Mm -hmm. but like i just i remember watching that one episode that made me cringe where it was like samantha was dating a black guy and his Mm -hmm. sister didn't like her and they just made his sister out to be this super villain (laughs) and it didn't make any sense to me and it was like they just the way that they wrote people of color just as a woman of color mm-hmm. just doesn't sit right with me and the movies were terrible that show should have ended after the series was over they're like not even having sex in the city anymore they're just married and like and yeah it be kind of and look i'm not doing any kind of it's going to come off as like age shaming or something but i'm not but like kim control is well into her 60s now which was, is why that part of this episode was so funny. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, there's nothing wrong. Look, if you're like a 60 something year old woman, she says she it. has a, she needs sick, a slickety split. <laughs> yeah. And it's just so like at funny. a certain point, it's like, oh, you're all old. Like, it, what? I don't know. I just have some sort of. I just, it's not, it lost its meaning. The whole meaning was yeah. like people in their 30s trying to find love and having sex as empowered women, mm-hmm. you know. And being single. And, like, that's just not their reality. And it hasn't been for, like, years. Mm-hmm. It, it it ended perfectly. The show ended perfectly. The movies were a cash grab. I remember watching, and by the way, speaking of cringy and hasn't aged well, is Sex and the City 2 has some really, like, oh, my <laughs> Yeah. God. No, Sex and the City 2 was where I I was so – I mean, I don't think I've ever been mad at like spending my money on a movie. <laughs> yeah. I was furious. Yeah. It was so bad. And what people may not realize is how long it is. Really, really long. And I remember some friends I hate watched it. And there's a moment where Liza Minnelli sings at a wedding. And I looked yeah. at my, and I looked at my phone. And I'm like, oh, it's, we're like we're almost at the end. It's like because it, it feels like the end of the movie. Like, <laughs> the wedding happened. It's like 90 minutes in, and I'm like, oh well, the end movie's ending, and they still had over an hour to go. They yeah, and I don't. I could gun to my head right now. I couldn't tell you what that movie was about. No, it was about three hours long. Is what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> about two hours too long. It was awful, awful, awful. And there was like a lot of it, like Islamophobia when they went to the yeah. Middle East, and it was like, oh my yeah. god, it was terrible. Ugh, that movie. So like, and by the way, I saw every episode of Six and Sex in the City. I'm so old on its first run when I was. I think it started when I was in college. Well, yeah, well, I'm about to make you feel older. I remember my parents watching it on Sunday nights. Yeah. But it was like, I, I wasn't allowed to watch it. And so, but I mean, I, it ended in, the last season was in 2004, and I was mm-hmm. a senior in high school. So mm-hmm. I didn't watch it too much longer after yeah. it ended. Uh, but I but I watched, I just watched, I lived with two girls, and we were just right out of college, and uh, we would watch every episode, you know, get together Sunday nights and watch every episode. I don't remember because it's been 19 years. The Keijo episode, you know, the one with Oh, well, I on. do. That's infamous. It was, yeah. well, actually, you know what? Actually, I take that back. I'm only, I feel like I'm only saying it was infamous because they drilled that into our head. Yeah. I, in this uh in this um episode in this drag race episode uh-huh. they were like oh the infamous Keijo where she falls out the window and i'm like oh yeah i do remember that episode very strongly but i don't know if everybody finds it memorable what ha- could I, film fill us in what happened i don't remember okay so there was a girl that sarah that, that sarah jessica parker and samantha jones all knew back in like the early 90s mm-hmm. and she was a yeah she was a party girl and i think she was an heiress and uh she was having a 
well, she was having a party for some reason. Mm-hmm. It was like to celebrate something. And uh, she got really drunk, like just super drunk mm-hmm. and was just like so fed up with the party was just like, I don't even want to be here anymore. And at one point she was just like, I need a cigarette. And she like opens it or she starts smoking a cigarette and they're like, oh, you can't smoke that in here. And she's just like, I can do what I want and like opens a window to like, mm-hmm. you know, let the air out. And then she goes, I'm so bored. I could die. And right as she said that she slipped out the window. Oh my god! I think I yeah. vaguely remember now that you say that, and and, and that happens at the end of the episode. That's a big yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they were like, her last words were, "I'm so bored, I could die." And then she like, oh, her heel like tripped or something, and she oh. fell out the window. And how did the so girls- yeah? She- Go ahead. Sorry, what I thought the only reason they were bringing that character back was because the lady who played her, who is a famous actress, she was the lady who was on a uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Kristen Johnson. I thought they were. Yeah, Kristen Johnson. Yeah, so I thought they were going to bring her as a judge. Mm-hmm. That's why I was confused when it was Felicity Huffman. Which is funny, because I think she's been a judge in the past. Right, right. I yeah. think she has been a judge in the past. Yeah, yeah, that would have been funny if they would have had her as a judge. Or or even, like, what's the what's the other Kristen's name? That's why they called it Kjo. Kristen, the one that plays... Davis? Kristen Davis. Like, yeah. What is she doing? Yeah. I don't know. And I thought it was funny that they had to refer to them by their, like, real names. Oh, I know. They, they never mentioned uh, uh, Cynthia, or what, Miranda, and... Oh, yeah. I'm not forgetting. Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, and... Yeah, they. I don't Charlotte. think they ever mentioned them. Charlotte. Yeah, they never mentioned them by name. Yeah, I'm sure there's some sort of weird... They do that a lot because I'm, I'm currently recapping Drag Race Thailand right now with a friend. Have you watched this Drag Race Thailand, by the way? I have not. Okay. Where do I watch this? Okay, you know what's so funny? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to get to back to this in a second. But let me make okay. this point because then I can close the loop. Is there's a, a, a drag queen on there named Jaja. And you're like, okay, whatever. Her name's Jaja, right? Mm-hmm. But then they let it slip. That's all they call her. They let it slip. You hear another character say that later in the episode. But her full name, which they never say on the show, is Jaja Binks. I'm like, oh, that's kind of amazing. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I love that. Okay. So I love horrible drag names. But wait, okay. but wait. Is the the Thai show, is it in English or is it in Thai? Oh, it's in Thai. Okay, okay. But here's the deal. So in theory, you can watch it totally legally for free on Wow Presents, and you pay the three dollars and three ninety nine a month, and uh, you get you know all this other horrible drag content that they could, didn't is not worth watching or paying for. But what the fun? What's funny is that the show on Wow Presents because I was watching that one, the subtitles aren't as good. Okay, so the person who did the subtitles is like not familiar with drag culture so she might say like there's a person who says flood my basement like my basement was flooded (laughs) and they literally wrote like my downstairs was overly wet you know or something like that and um so the the but of and also and this is not i'm not saying all asians look alike this is what happened with regular drag race and it was my big complaint with uh, dragula is especially in the early episodes of a season you need to constantly remind us who these people are with name titles right because it's hard right. to associate all these people with name titles and they don't do that on the wild presents one but a fan a fan on youtube and it's still up it's been up the whole time they've taken the episodes they've put in their they've put their own subtitles they speak thai and they get the drag references so they get sashay away and fierce and flood my basement and also every time a drag queen appears on screen they'll put a title um all out drag race who that person is Okay. So it's much easier to follow on the on YouTube 
Uh, just look up Drag Race Thailand Season 1, Episode 1. And this yeah, show is crazy. It's so good. It's like – How do they – like how is their actual drag? I've only seen one episode so far because we were recapping. But from what I've seen, it's very out there. It's very – it's it's really hard to explain. And it, it reminds me a lot of sort of the fun and free spirit of like Seasons 1 and 2 of Drag Race. It has kind of mm-hmm. that feel. And it's just – they don't have the same sort of like – I would say, like, they're not as conscious, let's say, of, them, as, of themselves as, let's say, in, in the United States, where now, and that's, I think you saw that in the early days of Drag Race, I think that's why it's so reminiscent, where now the queens are very calculated about their social media and how they appear on screen, and, you know, everything's calculated to the hilt even before they walk in that workroom it's not yeah. like that on drag race thailand like they're okay. just coming in as just crazy ass drag queens doing crazy ass shit uh, yeah and, yeah and it has but i mean feel. i'm sure if it lasts you know more than a season if it has the longevity or even close to the longevity that the u.s one has it will we'll, we'll see it develop in so many ways well they're already on season two we're way behind Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, this okay. is not new. This is like it's like a year old. So season two is currently airing. This is when does one. the uh, UK one start? I think they're filming really, really, really soon, like in March. And I think the theory, no one knows, but the theory is going to come out in the fall. Okay. So that is it going to air on VH1? I hope so. I hope that would be amazing. I wonder how they'll work it out there. Do you think the BBC would be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, you can have it immediately, or do we get it like, the next day? Who knows? Right. I don't know. I hope there's a Scottish queen just because their accents are so gnarly. <laughs> like, I well, have no idea what they're saying, people, but I love it. People who know uh, UK drag were saying that they, that the way UK drag is, is not necessarily in line with RuPaul's drag race. So they're wondering mm-hmm. how that's going to work. Are they going to change the show for the queens or are the queens going to have to adapt to the show? I don't know. I think they should change the show for the queens. Like, show us the best you got and, like, don't make it try to be something it's not. If that if they don't do drag like we do drag here, then like, you know, have I don't know. That's why I'm not sure Michelle's visage should be a judge. Well, <laughs> like, Michelle, she's such a, a, an Anglophile that I think she just sees herself as an expert in anything. Uh, right. Because okay. she, she's also a TV personality out there. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So well, did, I stand she, corrected then. Yeah. Maybe she is really familiar with. Yeah, she did their big yeah. brother and she did the. Um, uh, I think she's on the America's Got Talent for the for, but I think for Ireland. I think she's on Ireland's okay. Got Talent. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stand corrected. Well, look, doesn't mean she's still any better. Here we go. Let's move <laughs> on. This week, the girls perform in a Sex in the City acting challenge and walk the runway in their best kitty cat couture. The girls seem happy that Manila is gone because of the decreased com- competition. Monique, why can't I? talk anymore monet thinks she has the best kim control impression the girls are directed by ross in their scenes and everyone argues about whether you should base elimination decisions on scorecards or personal relationships trinity the tuck and monique were named the top two all-stars while everyone else was placed up for elimination after a lip-sync battle for their lives trinity was named the winner of the lip-sync and she chose to eliminate fan favorite latrice royale for once and for all she's gone Twice and for all. Jamila, name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Okay, so the first thing is not my favorite thing that I liked about the episode was when, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, it was Michelle uh, saying that 
Monique. No, see, here's the thing. Naming two black women, Monique and Monet, (laughs) on the same show is just like murder. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I never get it right. But when there was the critique about uh, Monique, Monet Exchange and Michelle Visage was just like, I didn't think you're acting. I don't think you were pushing hard enough. And then Felicity Huffman was like, actually, I disagree. Mm -hmm. If you want anyone to disagree with Michelle Visage's critique of you, you wanted to be an award-winning actress. Yeah. So I found myself cheering. And she gave her a great critique. She was like, sometimes you have to pull back. Sometimes you have to, you know be present but like let other people like play off of you and play like a subdued straight role sometimes that's what it calls for yeah and she said i've done those ro-. yeah we kind of think this michelle visage she hasn't acted at all she's now in this I'm, she's, in, <laughs> she's in england right now i think actually uh, acting in a in a play some shitty okay. play but she thinks she's the expert on, i hate when she does it when she thinks she's the expert on acting or th- comedy and i'm like you don't know shit you don't know have you ever seen anything you've ever done right and right. then, um, and then, yeah, to have like, yeah, Felicity Huffman, Huffman, like, right? Yeah. I was like, yes, oh, come in. And, like, uh, <laughs> what's funny is, and this is not name dropping because I don't know Felicity Huffman, but we have a couple of friends, really good friends of mine, and she, they're really good friends of hers in common. And I was like, I didn't know she's going to be on the air. I would have totally tried to like, I don't know how I would have done. I would have felt so bad. Like, hey, can you talk to your award winning friend Felicity Huffman and get her on the show? <laughs> I talk about drag, but I, if, if I ever bump into her, I'm gonna have so many questions about what it's like to judge. Well, you know, yeah, on season eleven, supposedly, um, uh, Troy Savon is gonna be a guest judge. I'm not sure if I know who that is. Troy Savon is big in the gay community. He's like a singer, like a little twinky singer. Okay, a little okay. twinky pop singer. Okay, and they the gays and the thirteen year old girls go ape shit for him. But like, like oh. would I know a song? I don't know. Oh, okay. Let, you know, let me see. No, I, I can't. I can't. Well, after after the show, I'll I'm play. gonna Google him. Yeah, I'm Google. He, he's him in up. this movie, Boy Erased, and whatnot. And he's like, again, the young gays and the creepy old gays and um, the 13 year old girls all love him, right? When I was no, seriously, when I was young, I liked. Uh, I either liked thugs, like I liked Tupac or like mm-hmm. Method Man, like that's who I had a crush on, or I had crushes on boys that like white boys that look like women. Like, Harry like Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, oh, Jonathan yeah. Brandis. <gasps> oh, I have a good Jonathan Taylor Thomas story off the air. Ooh, yes. Okay, but anyway, uh, oh Jonathan Brandis again, another yes. person like the one that killed himself, right? I know that's so sad. And again, so I have sad. a mutual friend with him, but he died. But okay, so <sighs> anyway, Troy Savon, a, a, a friend of mine that we just sort of there was no drama or anything like that we i just haven't talked to him in a long time right and it's one of those things where it reminds me of well this is fucking annoying because i looked up troy savant and i looked up google images and in every picture he's with some other guy so i don't know which yes. one is okay so oh i know so that other guy is I a friend of mine was. oh okay okay, okay. his boyfriend he- is a friend of mine i mean sometimes i'll text him and he'll text back but like we don't see each other as much as we used to okay and it's, it reminds me i have a friend a really good friend who his wife, when she was younger, in college, was literally J-Lo's roommate. Like they, and they were best Judies in New York City, right? And then J-Lo moved out because she was going to move out to L.A. and uh, try and make it big in Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So then she was like, oh, my God, Dana, you need to come out and you need to come see me when I'm in L.A. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, my boyfriend and I will come out and see you. And they even, she even bought a ticket to go see J-Lo. And then, like, she and the boyfriend um, had, like, a nasty breakup. And she just didn't fly out. And she didn't even tell J-Lo. She just sort of flaked. And she felt guilty, right? And then J-Lo, you know, announces everywhere that, oh, I, I, I'm a fly girl on In Living Color, right? And so my friend's like, you know what? I don't want to be that friend who's like... Well, now that you're in living color, I'm going right. to reach out and try and make amends. She goes, I'll just wait till that dies down and then <laughs> okay. I will reach out. Then, like, immediately she gets Selena, right? And she goes, okay, after that, and it just kept escalating to now it's been, you know, what, 20, 30 years, I don't know, 25 years? I don't know how long it's been. And now she, she and Jayla just don't talk. She doesn't talk to anymore anymore, right? And that's, that's kind of how I feel about my friend Jacob. Like, I'm really good friends with Jacob. We were really good friends, very tight. And then I feel badly going like, hey, let's hang out, which I would generally want to do. I don't give a shit about Troy Sivan. I couldn't even – I could right now you asked me your name of his song. I couldn't tell you, right? Right, right. But um, I'm afraid that he'll be like, ugh. I think that you should reach out to him and you should tell him exactly what you just told me. Like, hey, I'm worried that it's going to seem this way, but really, I just miss you, and I just want to hang out with you. Maybe. Fuck Choice of On. Yeah. And then also, can Troy come on the show? Because that would really help our numbers. <laughs> yeah, I want to see him. Um, if we do the show, we have to do it where we turn the cameras on, because well, you know I need to see his face. He's you know, actually beautiful. You know what's weird? And this is really, really weird. I've never had this happen. Is they're very, in, in the weird young girl, young gay community, they're super, they're like the you know, the Benefer or the, you know, uh, what was the one with, like, all the different, like, names? Like, they're super... Brangelina. Yeah, Brangelina. Yes, Brangelina is perfect. They're, like, the Brangelina of those people. And, like, people make, like, fake, like, um, fan fiction about them. And there's, like, whole, like, what's that Japanese art with the young boys that like, the, the Japanese girls make about young gay boys? They're they're putting uh... them in all that stuff. The, the, they just love putting them in that... um is it called? I, I might be pronouncing it wrong. Is it like Yaoi or something? I've never. I have no idea what you're talking about. But you're talking about they do this with his, with Troy and his boyfriend. Yeah, with Jacob and Troy. Yeah, and so okay. like I even I even what's so funny was I actually did text with Troy, uh, Jacob about a year ago. Someone hit me up on Facebook. Oh wait a minute, his boyfriend is way more fine than he is. His boyfriend Jacob's a model. Oh, oh, he's cute. Um, so. Uh, I I got this weird Facebook post, like a friend request, and it was like a, a a catfish request, but it was all pictures of Jacob, you know. And I was <laughs> okay. like, "Well, you've really made it." <laughs> I texted them, "You've made it." Now I'm getting fake fans. I sent them a screenshot of people who like were pretending to be my, uh, uh, were pretending to be him to be my friend, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." That's I've never so had weird. to have it where I knew the person. That was really, yeah. that's really, really strange. Okay, well, back to the show. So, um, how did we get on? Oh, Felicity Huffman. Yeah, so I would ask her all kinds of questions about, like, what is it? What has happened with RuPaul? What does this look like? What is it like when they, like, do Because there are all these weird production questions that I have. <laughs> Your fans of the show are going to be so mad that we spend so much time uh, talking about Troy Sivan. <laughs> uh, no, do you know our fans of the show? They're like salivating. They would have. They would rather that I talk about Troy Sivan. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And also, Troy Sivan, look, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and so, anyway. Uh, okay. So, did you name the? Did you name the two things you liked already? In the- okay. No, I only <laughs> yeah. liked one thing. I had okay. two things that I hated, yeah. and only one thing I liked. Okay. Perfect. On this episode, makes sense. 
Yeah. Yeah. So the two things that I didn't like were the fact that it's an acting challenge. Yeah. And um, I didn't like when Trinity and Monique, wait, Monique were talking and Monique was like, well, Naomi has turned looks. And Trinity was like, I disagree. I haven't seen her do anything memorable. It's like, <laughs> are you blind? <laughs> what is, is there something wrong with your retinas? Like, are you like, what are you talking about? So I didn't like that just because, like I said before, I'm a Naomi stan. Yeah, I could see what you're saying. I think that Trinity and Naomi, I think Naomi is very fashion forward, where I think Trinity, and, I, and I'm going to be paraphrasing uh, Taylor the Latte Boy on this. Taylor the Latte Boy is from Florida and has often mm. his big critique of Trinity, because she's from Florida, is that she has a very central Florida style of drag. And I yeah. think she has that like old school central Florida way of doing drag, and Naomi's very fashion forward. I think I think those two are so in, in, in Trinity. But world, yeah. in, I think Trinity though, I am a fa- fan of Trinity's like fashion. Like as much as I don't, and here's the thing: I remember saying to like a friend recently when we were talking about Drag Race that I love Latrice's personality and I love who she is like as a queen, but I hate her looks. Oh, like girl. I just w- want to give her like inject style into her a fashion sense. Oh, but the, I feel the opposite about Trinity. I love the way Trinity looks sometimes, especially in this this lip sync. Oh, I love that silhouette. So I like the way Trinity looks. It's just that she's not likable to me. No, oh, you at all. What? You just you just changed the thing I hate. Now I'm changing it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you just reminded me of something. Okay. And did you name both things that you hate? Yes. Okay. I did. Here we go. Two. Th- I'm, I'm going to stick to. Them. I'm going to say two things I liked. One thing I didn't. Maybe I might switch it up. Uh, the one thing I liked. I'm, I'm, God, I'm even trying to figure out if there's anything I liked in this episode. If anything, at its best, this episode for me was mediocre. You know, I didn't think yeah. some, a fan messaged me on social media and was like, this is the worst or the worst episode, top worst five episodes ever in the history of the show. I don't know if I'd go that far. It moved. Very it was quickly. just very uneventful. Yeah, and well, whenever you have fewer drag queens, especially on All Stars, it, it gets that this the the episode before the penultimate episode is typically pretty uneventful. Because I, I think yeah. last year, and it seems to be, I think wasn't All Stars three when they did the horrible bridesmaids one. I think it's at this. Yes, stage I too. think it was. Yeah. yeah, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um. My question is, like, of course there have been, you know, drag queens who have acted. RuPaul has acted Mm -hmm. in so many movies. And you have Shangela Mm -hmm. and A Star is Born. Mm -hmm. But, like, the acting challenges themselves. Like, at what, like, where do they come from? Because, yeah. like, this is not something that in drag, when you go to a shows that you mm-hmm. do, they do just act out scenes. No, like, no, I think that I think in the early days of the show, this is all speculation. In the early uh-huh. days of the show, when they did these acting challenges, there was, there, there was, there are. Uh, so there are little plays. This is just again for the gay history nerds out there. I'm just speculating. I'm just you know armchair speculation here. I have gone to little plays you can see that are drag plays. Like I remember I saw Mommy Queerist, which is okay. really campy and really funny. Okay, so maybe sometimes there's these drag shows that are like campy um, parodies of gay icons. You know, and so. Uh, 
so that's that's like maybe it was rooted in that and so it was i think when the show was in its earliest stages when it was a campier show it the the acting challenges were a little played into that a little bit more as the show has evolved and become a little bit more refined the acting challenges seem so much more out of place than they did right. like seasons one through four let's say because the, the, the acting challenge is no different than like hot and tuckahoe in season four but it right. worked then and now it doesn't and i but and like I, also it's just it's for me i felt like there were funny parts to it mm-hmm. you know when you see the edited version but it just took it was so long like then they had the clown part i was yeah. like when is this ending no it, it, that's the thing i think a lot of these drag race writers are frustrated comedy writers or something and so mm. it they're doing this very campy over the top really like on the nose humor that i think works in maybe a club but i don't know it, it's 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 getting more and more painful every time to watch more yeah. and more painful every single time to watch i don't know why maybe then bring in other people to write i don't know i don't understand the acting challenges they're awful the girls are and, and that's why i don't always blame the girls because I just think the material is terrible and they don't know how to play. And I think, I think that's sort of the subtle shade that Felicity Huffman may have been throwing. She was giving real advice. Like sometimes you're just that character. You're the straight person who, uh, and by straight, I mean like the, who's the not funny person that funny people can right. play off of. And then you just play that role and you realize that's what I am. But I think it's also like the role was kind of shitty and you just played it the way it was written. And right. It's just a shitty role with shitty jokes and you played it the way you got it and, there's nothing you could really do with that. They, 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 That's what they, happens when yeah. you get Charlotte. Yeah. It's kind of, how do you write funny for Charlotte? I mean, Charlotte was funny, but it was like, you know, in circumstantially, you know, in certain mm-hmm. situations, like the way she re- reacted to things was funny. But like with that particular script, it, you know, I don't know what else Monet could have done. Yeah, there, there really wasn't much Monet could have done, even though Monet did say she was laughing to herself hysterically. Yeah, <laughs> but I do agree with um, I do agree with what uh, they were saying about Naomi and her Sarah Jessica Parker. Like she just didn't really what give was, me. What was she doing? Uh, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. Okay. So the one thing I liked, you know, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I, I was very whatever about RuPaul's look until someone on Reddit posted she was recreating. Uh, a look from the 90s, a very famous photo of RuPaul from the 90s. Uh, the look is almost exactly that outfit. And, oh, nice. and so it, it was an homage to that famous RuPaul photo. And I was like, oh, that's how good. nice is it that time enough time can pass where you can do an homage to yourself? <laughs> you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what. It's been over 20 years or so. And she looks like it's been three years and she looks yeah. fantastic compared to how she looked in 1996. Uh, okay. And then I'm going to, I'm just going to cheat a little bit and do one thing I didn't like. You remind, well, first of all, I'm going to with you. I'm going to throw in a bunch here. I did not, this challenge was horrible. I didn't like it. I didn't like the runway challenge. I didn't like the, 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 the acting challenge. I didn't like anything. Right. But this, okay. Look, I had my problems with the runway challenge. Okay. You didn't like the outcome or you didn't like the idea. I didn't like how the girls, most of the girls saw it. Right. In other words, I would have done, I think, maybe, like, I think more in line with kind of what Michelle was wearing. Oh, and, my God. That's another thing that I did like. Michelle yeah. looked amazing. Yeah. She went, like, cat girl. And, uh, Catwoman. Yeah, Catwoman. But, like, but like Eartha Kitt style. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this dress that Latrice Royale wore... <laughs> 
<laughs> it had elephants and giraffes. And I was like, wait a minute. And the print, I don't even think was like cat print. It was, there was one lion on it. I, I saw a lion. When, it, when she came out, I was like, oh, this is, to quote Tatiana, a choice. Yes, like, what a specific a choice, it was. choice. Yeah, and and you know, you told me wait, but those are but like from what I understand with the runway looks, they know those looks ahead of time and they brought them there. In fairness to Latrice, in fairness to Latrice, they don't get the exact runway looks; they get these vague ideas. So, like, like Kitty Cat Couture might be called um, Jungle Kitty, let's say, you know, or. Um, or, but the word cat wasn't it? Uh, there must be because a lot of them showed up as cats, you know. So oh, mu- oh, but if you're if you're going by your theory, what if Monet was thinking, or yeah, Monet? What if she was thinking, oh, well, if it's like cat, I'm themed, or I'm gonna be a mouse. I don't know because I don't know, know what like the, maybe I don't, she- yeah, I don't know how it was named for this one, but it, it's never the exact. Okay. It's never kitty cat couture. It's like it has like this vague idea. It's enough for you to get. It's supposed to be a cat, and then they get more than they, than they, than they're going to use. So they'll get. Let's say there's you know, you know, in this case, ten looks. They'll get. They'll t- be told to bring like twenty, and right. T- ten. Because that's why Manila these. had that period dress that we never got to see, and she exactly. had a backup dress. Yeah, exactly. Or on the club, on the club, on the. Queen of Clubs, they all for some reason had those bumblebee outfits and they figured out we're not going to be using this. I don't know how they figured yeah. that out, but they realized they're not going to be using them. So they, they kind of used them in that episode. Right. They made it a bumblebee yeah, episode. Because yeah. it was Monet and Monique had yellow and black. And then uh, Manila, Latrice, and uh, Trinity all hunt yellow and black too. Okay. So, so they figured, oh, they, they must have figured, okay, there's a bumblebee challenge and we're not going to use it. That must be really stressful. Actually, I was watching a recent Witcher Pack in, and I think it was the one where Valentina went home. Mm-hmm. And that must be really stressful when you get that call, like, hey, you want to do all stars? <laughs> like, cause you just know you have so much like, well, and then they only have like two weeks. Right. They, and also to, you know, I have to, to find 20 outfits. Yeah. Well, that's why it pays to have money. That's why you should wait mm-hmm. a few seasons. Cause Valentina can just go, boom, I'll pay you all this money. Make me these outfits, five designers, you know, right. and then they right. can buy, or they have something that already works and they get together and they furiously work for those two weeks and have people do it. Whereas someone who may not have as much money like Monique, cause she's just, that's why I think it would have been smart for someone like Monique to work a year out there and then come back because then you've built up that war chest. Right. And then you can go like, I'm going to hire the designers. Now, what's funny is, uh, on what you packing often people who like are into spoilers will look at those, especially early on to see what challenges are coming. And, uh, also too, in fairness to Jasmine masters, someone, I can't remember if they, someone was let go or dropped out at the last minute. She found out like only a week before that she was going to be on all stars. So she oh, had, wow. she had even less time than the other girls that put her looks together. And she was scrambling, trying to get looks together for, the show and you know how they brought you know how they brought latrice back twice yeah i've i don't know why and maybe it's just a waste of space but i just want i want i want them to bring jasmine back <laughs> like, i really do but but hold on here for a second so let's argue about this right here okay is, is what i think what we learned i don't know if latrice did herself any favors by coming back for all-stars 
Right. Because and he, you think the same thing might happen where she's just going to come back and just do just as bad as and she could have stayed home. I almost wonder now that we have enough queens and this is going to sound, I was going to sound cuckoo crazy what I'm going to say right now. Because most fans are going to be like, no, 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 you're wrong. Shut up. Maybe not necessarily drag you per se, but something akin to drag you. Maybe like the the um, drag race version of Queer Eye, where we get to see mm. these drag queens again, but sort of doing what they do. So we, I think we need to see them again for what we love them for, but yeah. not necessarily because... I think we learn, and now we got to see Latrice's record more, more closely. She's not really good at the competition. Uh, right. She's an amazing yeah. drag queen, but she's not good at drag race. And uh, and that's what people need to recognize is that when a drag queen gets voted off or they're in the bottom, mm-hmm. it's like this competition has no bearing on how good you are as no. a drag queen. It's just how you can compete in this format. Well, we talked about this on the show before. There are different kinds of drag queens. There are drag queens who are not very good drag queens, but they're amazing on the show. Yeah. And then there are drag queens who are not so good on the show, but amazing performers and amazing to look at. Like, for instance, you know, she didn't have a good run of the show is Mayhem Miller. But everything you hear from other drag queens is to watch her perform yeah. is magical. Yeah. That she's right. amazing. And then you have queens. I think Trixie Mattel is in this one. Who's neither good at drag nor good at the competition, but she's really good at social media. And it's, it's a new kind of drag queen we're seeing who they're better at social media and like, um, and being person personalities online. Personality. And, yeah. and like, I remember watching her season and not being like in love with like mm-hmm. her drag yeah. or even how she was doing, mm-hmm. but I loved her confessionals. I thought like as a person, mm-hmm. he's really funny. And his music is just, I'm not a huge country fan, but I love Trixie Mattel as a singer. Exactly. And so we're learning that drag queens are not, now it's no longer so binary as you're good at drag race, but not good at the competition, uh, not good Mm -hmm. at drag and vice versa. Now it's like, you're not good at either. Right. And then there's people who are good at both. You know, it's just, it's all over the place. I think Alaska, for instance, is great at the competition, also great at drag. So, mm-hmm. but terrible in interviews, not a good personality. Like, I think she's really boring in interviews. Yeah. And so, all but I mean, that's just humanity. You can't be good at everything. No, you can't be good at everything. I can't, I'm trying to think of a queen who is good at everything. Bianca? Beyonce? Both. Oh, Bianca and about. Beyonce? Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jamila, right, right now, why don't we take a break and we'll be back right after this. And we're back. After Manila's elimination, the girls walk into the workroom to wipe the lipstick off the mirror and to kiki on the couches. Monique is happy Manila is gone. Trinity is gagged that Manila Luzon is gone. And Naomi explains her reasoning. Latrice doesn't care as much as Manila did. Oh, I see the joke I had there is Trinity is gagged that Luzon is gone. Okay. Naomi explains her reasoning. Latrice doesn't care as much as Manila did. And Monet brazenly reveals that she also chose Manila Jamila, your thoughts on this uh, couch scene at the top of the show? Um, it's it was so funny to see everyone's like fake outrage. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like they said, they were they were gagged, and Monet showing her lipstick just shut everyone up because yeah. there's nothing you can say because they understand why Monet picked Manila. It's very clear; can't even argue against it. 
And it makes sense. And just the fact that Naomi just did the same thing, pulled the Band-Aid off mm-hmm. and, you know, just completely threw the rules out the window. Um, it, it just, though, I feel like the drama of last week where it was just like, how dare you? I feel yeah. like it's just kind of deflated in that opening scene. You know what was really alarming to me when I was watching it, especially when I watched I didn't notice it the first time, but I noticed it the second time. Was when they asked Naomi uh, on the couch, why did you eliminate Manila? And she gives this really reasoned, very calm response. And then in the confessional, she's like, I did it because I wanted to. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Like she was braver in the confessional and more of that uh, villain persona that she sort of hinted at in her Meet the Queens video that Mm -hmm. um, we were going to see where she was just going to be, I'm brave. I'm just going to own it. I just did it because I Which is what it. I wanted more of. I wanted more of that. And the fact that she was just like, well, you know, Latrice saved me yeah. last week yeah. and I felt indebted to her. I don't even think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think she wanted to do. I think she wanted to send her home. Well, okay. So so you're right. I do respect that. But then that brings me to Monet and Monique. And I'll get more into this as we get into the episode because it happened several times. I don't like the fluid uh ethics that they sort of have in terms of the show where one minute it's a scorecard when it suits them and then another time it's uh it's personality when it suits them and then but that's fine too but then it seems like whenever they're in one camp the other camp is insane why would anyone do that when they're in like it's a scorecard thing they're like oh you can't bring personality into this girl this is not what the show is and then when it's about friendship she's like Oh, I hope you know, Monique is my friend. How could she even think about sending me home? Even though, did anyone for a second, a hot second, ever think Monique was going to send Monique? No, absolutely not. Even when they were having their, that discussion and she was just like, well, you know, I don't know. Like, be on your toes. I was just like, you're not going to send her home. No one's you're not going to send Monique home. That would just be confusing. Yeah, that would be so confusing. Everyone would be the craziest thing. <laughs> That's one case where I'd say, like, no, that person's not your friend. Because yeah. they had two other people that they could have easily sent home and had reasoning to send them home over mm-hmm. that person. Okay, the next day, the girls gathered around the work table to comment on the number of contestants of color in the final five. Just then, RuPaul entered the workroom to announce this week's Maxi Challenge. It's a Ru Hollywood story acting challenge. This time, the film is Sex and the City Girl, th- Sex and the Kitty Girl 3. RuPaul lists all of the characters and announces that Naomi, as the winner of the challenge, will assign the roles. I didn't put this in the script, but it's a mockumentary showing sort of the behind the scenes of a failed attempt and based on the real event of trying to make sex in the city happen the third one over the summer but um jamila are we, oh no we want move on on the couch naomi peruses the script and makes some decisions about the casting she chooses the character of sjp sarah, sarah jessica parker for herself trinity and monet battle it out for the character of kim because they both think they can play the slutty Samantha role from Sex in the City. They decide to settle who gets the role with Rock, Paper, Scissors battle. In the end, Trinity won the Rochambeau contest and got the plum role of Kim. The other roles played out as follows. Kristen was played by Monet, Cynthia was played by Latrice, and Keijo was portrayed by Monique. Jamila, your thoughts on the concept of the challenge? I think you talked a little bit about this. And your thoughts on... Um Especially, what did you think, too, of that conversation at the work table before Rue came in about... Oh, this is the blackest final I've seen aside from, like, the NBA finals. (laughs) Like, it's amazing. And I haven't been watching the show very long, but it was just... It's very cool to see. And the one white bitch who's there, like, like... 
absolutely, without a doubt, deserves to be there. I mm-hmm. definitely think I put Trinity in my top three. Okay. And I don't even like her. Mm-hmm. But you can't deny like how great she is at drag. Mm-hmm. And what did you think about the concept of the challenge? I know you don't like the acting challenges, but when you when you I heard don't. that they were doing this. But I, I don't like the acting challenges, but I think... I think my biggest critique about it is that it's just too long because if it had been more brief, mm-hmm. um, you would have really gotten hit the, 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 um, the jokes harder. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was cool that it was so topical because they were really talking about the actual drama between Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall. Mm-hmm. And you could just see the kind of hate, between them and mm-hmm. the fact that King Cattrall was like, I don't want to do Sex in the City 3. I never wanted to do Sex in the City 3. I don't understand why they're making me do this movie. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it was just, that's, that's, that mirrors what actually happened in real life. So I just think it was too long. Yeah. Had it have been like a three to four minute thing, mm-hmm. I, it, it would have been better. Uh, you know what's so funny is, um, Again, this is seemed to be a very name droppy episode of um, RuPaul's Drag Race. But here's some tea. I happen to have a friend who's not. Well, look, okay, I didn't know this. All right, but the friend isn't. Um, the I knew the friend was my friend is really good friends with Matthew Broderick. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I should almost unfriend this friend now on social media in case anybody tries to find out who it is. Right. And so I, when this drama was happening, I was saying, oh, so what, what are your thoughts on this drama? Thinking he would come out and give me a defense of SJP. And he didn't. He was mm-hmm. actually on Kim Cattrall's side, <laughs> which I thought was like, huh, interesting. Is it because, is it truly, was it mostly because she didn't want to do the movie? Because I get that. Like, I completely get that. Well, no, then it came out that she just doesn't like she doesn't consider Sarah just a couple. Can you remember that drama where Kim Cattrall's uh, brother died? I think. Do you remember yes, this? Yes. Yeah. And then Sarah Jessica Parker wrote something on social media, and Kim came after her on social media, and it was like this weird. It was like you should send that to me and not just post it on your. Like you never said anything directly to me about my brother's death. You just posted those posts yeah. on, and we're, like, we're yeah. not friends. And I asked that friend, and he was like, he he. And in fairness, he never directly said, "Oh, she's." Uh, a terrible person or something. Like that. He just said, yeah. like, "Well, you know, I think there's one. There's different sides of of Sarah. You know, he calls her Sarah Jessica. Of Sarah Jessica and blah 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 blah. And I, I don't know. I just sort of agree with Kim. <laughs> I, was well, like, I mean, you know, not everyone's gonna get along in this life. And like, just because you went through like a crazy experience, like Sex in the City together, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you should have to be BFFs for life. Yeah." You know, oh my gosh. Okay, so when you were telling me that story, I was distracted because I pulled up Instagram and I saw Manila Luzon's cat outfit that mm-hmm. she was gonna wear. Uh-huh. Have you seen it? No. She was gonna be a Siamese cat, and it's so uh, it's so adorable. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, of course. And I think she would have gotten. I don't know. We'll get when we get to the looks. We'll talk about that. Okay. Yeah. So, um. Let's move on. Uh, filming with Roth, Mas- Roth Matthews. I can't. Why can't I talk today? This seems to be a new thing. In the studio with Ross, the girls start out in a brunch scene at a product place standard hotel. Naomi's over the top. Latrice is fine. Trinity can't channel her inner Kim. Monique does well. And Monet can't stop stepping on Latrice's lines. 
your thoughts, Camila? Yeah. Um, these bitches, they're not actors. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is not what they do. So I don't know why they keep trying to make them do it. Um, it was really hard to watch. I, oh man, when, when, um, Monique pulled her, accidentally pulled her wig back. (laughs) Why doesn't, hasn't this, that's like her, that's her weakness. That is her drag weakness. It's just not knowing how to like tack her wigs down. Yeah. Uh, It always gets her in trouble. It was, I just, I, there's, I don't know. I have nothing really to say about it. Well, I, I, I'm very You're talking curious. about the filming of it? It was I'm funny to watch Ross Matthews get really upset. <laughs> he was, like, so frustrated. You could tell he was frustrated. Well, especially with Naomi. You would have thought he was, like, like Martin Scorsese or, like, De Niro <laughs> or something. Like, Well, that's the thing is, like, what was the choice Naomi was making? What was she doing? What was okay. she going for? I don't know, but if I were him... I w- well, you know, Felicity Huffman was like during her critique was like we didn't see enough of you in this role, and I was like I think we saw too much. Yeah. She's like I'm Naomi Smalls, and like I'm going to work for Vogue and take over for Anna Wintour, and it's like that's not Carrie Bradshaw. Like I have, I don't know if has she really seen Sex in the City or was that's she lying saying, about it? She said she saw it five times and she quoted yeah, it. Yeah, because you're right. There's there was nothing Samantha about, it. and she did. She before. quoted the movie though which i feel like if you're a big sex in the city fan you don't quote the movie yeah maybe you she's know what i mean because she was like i wore a bird on my head and you couldn't even show up that's the first movie and i feel like i don't know she's very young maybe there's a there's a possibility she's lying about seeing it because i don't think she knows who carrie bradshaw is at all yeah that character's ter- characterization was off the wall when she would do that thing where then she would turn and mug for the camera yeah and be like for i think that's like i was gonna say high school acting that's i think my niece would do that in her fourth grade play where she's like and i'm gonna be the editor of turn to camera vogue i'm like and then vogued like when have you ever seen carrie do that like if anything i feel carrie would be very exasperated by the pressure of it all Right, exactly. Like, guys, you know, pay attention to me, but not like a runway model. It was just, it it was an odd choice. It was a very, very odd choice. And then also this room, this whole filming scene reminds me of my big problem. And I've joked about it with other co-hosts before. My big problem with the show is they'll do sort of the teaser for the next segment in a commercial. Mm -hmm. And the teaser could be like, I'm not going to put up with that. And then Latrice looks really upset. And you're like, oh, what's going to happen? And you come back and it was all a lie. You know, yeah. Trinity's I'm not going to put up with that because my parents wouldn't accept my boyfriend. And Trinity makes it look for some other reason. We're like, the teasers are like, why? We're going to see this in two minutes. Why are you lying to us yeah. about what's going to happen? There's a difference between like slick editing and like making it seem like a judge is talking about one person when they're really talking about another person. Exactly. Versus like just creating a false narrative. Which shows you the power of editing that show. And they can create whatever scene they want. But this, and this is a good example, they made it seem like. You know, Monique was falling apart while she was filming, and that Monet, we, like everything was falling apart. And, and and then, meanwhile, when you see the finished product, even whether you think it was good or not, it wasn't representative of what we saw being filmed. Yeah, well, right. And the thing is, is that everybody was criticizing Mo. I'm so bad at this. Everyone's criticizing Monique. Yeah. 
and how her choices seem so off the wall and crazy. But what they're forgetting is that the lady that she's playing was only in her role for like a hot 15. So all of those crazy choices, when you edit them together and mm-hmm. take the, you know, awkwardness out of it, could look like at least she's trying and it's not falling flat. Whereas yeah. I feel like um, Mo- Monet's character fell flat. Latrice mm-hmm. has definitely fell flat as Miranda. Yeah. You know, she could have like up that so much more and, you know, really played like power lesbian. Yes. And she is just was very mid. But we've seen that Latrice struggles with, uh, acting challenges or comedy yeah. challenges in general. Um, yeah, and then Monique was better than they represented. And then also, I think it's so funny that we they spent so much time on, on, I noticed this the second time I watched it, that we spent so much time with Trinity not being able to say, seriously. You know? Right, And then right, they used right. the original cut. They used her going, seriously? That's the one they yeah. used in the final product. And I'm like, well, then why did we just see all that? It was just like, well, we know why we saw these wanted to show that. but like, And then she's the one that was one of the winners. Yeah, and then it was like false when, uh, <laughs> but it was it was false but funny when Monet was like, "Trinity's blowing it." <laughs> yeah, I know. So it, that's why it, it, this show is full of lies. Okay, it's elimination day, and the girls are recapping their performances. Naomi realizes that she had a lot of lines. Monet feels she could have done a better Kim, and Trinity fights back. Latrice announces she will struggle when she has to send someone home. Trinity says she will use a track record above everything, and Monique tries to suggest it would be such a gag if someone sent home Trinity. Wink. Um, again, not much in this Elimination Day. Any big thoughts on your, on the Elimination Day? What were the discussions they were having in the workroom while they got ready? Hmm. Oh, we're just are we were we putting the oh well they're getting ready. Um, I don't even remember what they talked about. You, yeah. What it, were they? It really was just about. Um, because they, it, the, the yeah. thing is, they didn't really have much to talk yeah. about because they all really bungled that challenge. Yeah. They kept forgetting lines. Uh, there were so many mishaps that, like, what can you really say? Like, there was no one who was like, "Oh, I killed it." Well, they thought they did. Well, they they thought they did well when they're in the elimination day, and they're talking. Monet, that's when Monet's even saying, "Like, I was laughing to myself." As uh, well, as they thought it. they did well, but they were also very not like sticking up for themselves when people were like, "Nah, girl, you were terrible." What was it? Um, who thought? Oh, when they were debating over who would have been a better Kim, uh, Kim, yeah, yeah Kim Cattrall, and they both thought that they like, yeah, I guess they both thought they killed it, but it was just kind of like easy to laugh at themselves when people were like, "Nah, that was fraudulent." Yeah. Look, let's be honest. Some episodes are very juicy in terms of analysis, and then some of them are like trying to get blood from a stone. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> they went in there I and mean, they, they got ready. Yeah. And what they want happen. Yeah. yeah that, that's sort of how this episode works. I'm working with what they gave me. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Let's move on. Well, look, we have a couple of announcements here, Jamila. Have you ever okay. heard of this show, Dragula? I kind of mentioned at the top of the show. Yes, it's like hosted by two brothers the, well, uh, or two they, like yeah. fictional yeah. brothers. Yeah. They just resemble each other. And uh, I just, I guess you you described it as kind of like if Sharon Needles like style had her own drag show. Yeah, the Boulay brothers called Dragula. Now this show I think is a mess. Okay, but over on Patreon, now, there's not a Patreon commercial. Shut up. Okay, not you, Jamila. <laughs> people listening. What I'm telling you is, this was such a hit on Patreon, Jamila, that we've decided to release it in the wild. Over now, 
as of this recording, it's available everywhere so far, except we're still waiting for iTunes to give the approval. I'm hoping that by the time you get this uh, in your pay, in your in your podcast feed, it's available on iTunes. You need to go over anywhere else though; it's available. Spotify, Pocket Cast, everywhere it's available. Google Play, it's already there, right? The show is called. Well, let me read the copy here. We're proud to announce that Hello Uglies, our Dragular recap show, is live on all podcast platforms except for iTunes. So far, it'll be there. Listen to comic Lloyd Roddenkamp and I and me, sorry, as we break down each episode in a hilarious and irreverent fashion that was such a huge hit on Patreon that we're releasing it in the wild. To get all these episodes, head over to HelloUglies.com or wherever you get your podcast. So you can for sure get it. If you go to HelloUglies.com, if you go to, but I want you to go to this iTunes. That's, you know, iTunes is the big one, Jamila. That's where everyone goes. And um, go over there, subscribe. I'm telling you. By the way, here's two things. There's already like four episodes, three or four episodes already there. Episode two is not the strongest episode. Episode one's great. Episodes three and four are amazing. Don't give up because you think episode two is kind of boring. But I'm telling you guys, this show is so effing funny we thought we had to release it out into the wild by the way there's another hello uglies show out there ignore them look for the one with the prettier cover art that's the one you want the one that's me and Lori roggenkamp in full boule brothers drag it's called hello uglies available wherever you get your podcast check it out download it subscribe write a review tell your friends about it do everything now here's another big news jamila do you ever go on reddit jamila um occasionally well, there are these things called subreddits. Now, the Patreon people, they have a private I've heard subreddit. Of them. Yeah, pay, they're a private subreddit. But now I'm proud to announce there's a, a subreddit for everyone in the world, everyone who listens for free. It's over at reddit.com slash r slash drag race recap. You can talk about RuPaul's drag race. You can talk about this podcast. You can talk about how much you love Jamila. In fact, you know what, Jamila? I'm going to put yes. a link over there to hi, hiharyou.com. Yeah. Thank you. Why don't we? I'm gonna do that today. I'm putting, I'm putting a little note here to myself, so you can go there and see Jamila's uh, lifestyle blog. You can find out show news about the show, news about RuPaul's Drag Race, Drag Race Thailand. It's all there over at Reddit.com/r/dragracerecap. You guys can kiki with each other and talk shit about me. I don't care. You can do all this stuff over there. Join today. Subscribe. Reddit, and it's free. This is not something you have to pay for. Speaking of, it's not free. Over on Patreon, Evan and I kiki with our best Judies over on the rumor mill as we discussed the season 11 contestants. Lori and I started our recap of Drag Race Thailand. And I told you, I'm telling you, this just Drag Race Thailand is an actually good show. In fact, everyone listening, I've said they should... Okay, this is the rule. RuPaul's Drag Race, watch the episode, listen to this podcast. Dragula, and that's a good thing. There's another great thing about Dragula. You might be thinking, but I didn't, I didn't watch Dragula. Why would I go listen to your podcast? Don't, don't watch Dragula. Just listen. You don't need to. You don't need to watch Dragula. We explain everything that happens, and we've just saved you some time. But uh, don't you got to see it for yourself, though? I mean, I guess you could, but a lot of people who liked it on Patreon said, like, I didn't even watch the show, and I don't want to watch the show. I just listened to the podcast, and I loved it. Look, if you want to watch Dragula, it's available on Amazon Prime. It's available on YouTube. It's available on WoW Presents. It's all there. Okay, go and watch mm-hmm. it. But if you're like, I don't want to watch Dragula, you should still listen to the podcast. It is so funny, Jamila. I'm telling you, it's so good. Anyway, well, I do enjoy recaps of shows I don't even watch, so I don't doubt it. One of my favorite podcasts, podcasts is a movie uh, 
where they make fun of bad movies. That's essentially what this mm-hmm. is like. I've never seen any of these movies, but I still enjoy the podcast. Right. And that's kind of what this is like. But with Drag Race Thailand, what I'm calling it is a precap. I'm calling it a precap because it's so confusing to watch because it's another language and some titles aren't that good. I'm saying listen to Drag Race Thailand over on Patreon up until we get to like the looks. Then watch the episode and it'll all make more sense. And then finish the episode and then come back and re- finish the episode of the podcast. So I'm calling it the Drag Race, Th- Th- uh, Drag Race Thailand precap show. I think you should watch it. and It's a companion piece. Um, where is my copy? You are the hardest working I know, I swear to God. living room based podcast host. <laughs> I know. Well, you got to make a living room. Ever. We also launched our first episode of Open Mic, a new feature where we pilot, pilot new podcasts created by burgeoning queer podcasters. So if you're oh, on Patreon, great. yeah, if you're on Patreon and you have a podcast you've always dreamt of doing, you already have it, whatever, whatever stage it's in, we're an incubator for new queer podcasters. Let me know at dragracerecap at gmail.com. We will feature it uh, on our new feature, Open Mic, and all of our Patreon supporters will then get a chance to check out and subscribe to your new show if it's a queer show. Also, oh, I, that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. That sounds really cool. I went live on the air for Patreon supporters and gave a first response to this episode immediately after the East Coast airing. And not only that, Patreon supporters get this episode early. Yeah, they're going to get they're going to get like 24 hours early. They're going to get this episode to reap all these benefits and more. Head on over to patreon.com slash drag race recap to join at the three dollar level. That's right. That's patreon.com slash drag race recap. Now, Jamila, uh, let's take a break and we'll be got right back. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the looks. And we're back. Okay, let's talk. Are you ready to talk about these looks, Jamila? I have, am ready. Okay, I have a lot. I, I generally don't have a lot of thoughts about the looks. Today is different. So the, the, the theme mm-hmm. this week was kitty cat couture. Okay, so uh, I'm actually, you know what? I should have pulled up the looks. But while I'm doing that, did you have any general thoughts about the about the, the looks? Um, yes, I think that you either got the uh, challenge or you didn't. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they announced the top two and you had the bottom three, it was just very clear who was going home. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, so I'm going to say. And, and you felt the same way here too. Yeah. Okay, so I want okay, so let's let's take a look here. The first one down the runway was Trinity the Tuck. Uh what were your thoughts on Trinity? She's like in a literally a like a full cat suit outfit. But she's in a full cat suit op- outfit. Her silhouette is very reminiscent of Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, mm-hmm. but it's not black leather, which is what would have like really I feel like really would have set it off. And you would have had two movie references going against each other you would have had the puss in boots look mm-hmm. going against the like actual like batman catwoman look yeah but this was just kind of like okay you know well, you've got a nice body it yeah. looks good on you but it's not memorable how was this just not borrowed from like the local production of cats in right. uh, tupelo mississippi but like, just like the 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 background background cat like not even one of the main ones yeah <laughs> Yeah, not even like you're right. The one that just sort of dances and dances off. Okay, uh, so do you give it a toot or boot there, uh, Jamila? Uh, I don't know. I feel like it wasn't bad, but I'm going to get it a boot. 
give it a boot. I think I give yeah. it a boot too. I thought it, I thought it was super basic. Maybe a, I don't know what a step above Party City is, but it it just seemed like very costumey, something you would rent at a costume contest. Something that I would consider an expensive costume, but yes. for her, no. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Next up is Monet. Oh, why is there sound now? So, uh, Monet Exchange. Your thoughts on Monet Exchange's outfit? Monet Exchange's outfit was just the most confusing thing I've ever seen. Like, if Latrice's looked bad, Monet's just looked confusing. Like, mm-hmm. why are you a pink, a pink mouse? Do you like, think, and I think maybe RuPaul and her joke kind of nailed it. Do you think she was doing the Pink Panther, maybe? Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, because he has round ears, too. Yeah. But you're not even, I don't know, like, you're shaped like an oval and I just um it's lost on me you know like the pink panther was really slinky yeah and I and then why the latex though why didn't you just like have a fuzzy material oh yeah like a onesie kind of thing yeah yeah I don't know it was very it was very confusing I feel like I feel like there wasn't a lot of guidance given on this look and so people interpret it in different ways uh, yeah, but at the same it. time, I still feel like the the center focus was supposed to be feline. Yeah, and I got that from mostly everybody. However, Latrice just she must have missed the memo. Okay, so tutor boot on Monet. Oh, okay. Um, boot. All right, boot on Monet. Here we go. Yeah, uh, and she's smoking a weed. Yeah, there's something going on there. She's doing something like that. Okay, here we go. All right, it's Latrice Royale. She's wearing, there's a lion. I see the lion. Oh, yeah. And then there's like a zebra print and then a giraffe print on the And dress. Jason Wu made a really good point about that just random strip of chiffon that was just trailing behind her. Yeah. What was that? Oh, the, It wasn't thought out. That's what it was. Wait, on her like ass cheek. You're right. Oh, wait. There's a literal elephant on the left side and an actual giraffe on the right side. Yes. Oh, my gosh. How is this kitty cat couture at all? Because there's a random lion in the middle of it. Oh, that was crazy. I mean, this is the world's biggest boot for me. It is a boot, yeah. boot, boot, boots the house down. Yeah, and it would also, you know what? It would be kind of a different story if she looked amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can forgive something that's not quite the theme if yeah. you turn it out and yeah. she just didn't. It really didn't. I'm assuming you give it a boot. Yes. Okay, next one, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. This one could be go either way for me. I'm going to look at it again. Naomi Smalls here. Oh, dude. <laughs> you loved it. Tell me why. I love Naomi Smalls, but it, that's an example of sticking with the theme, but thinking outside the box. She's yes. like, I'm going to be a crazy cat lady, but a really fashionable, cute. You know, like you like if fashion is your thing, keep that front and center at mm-hmm. all times. And she does. She always looks like no matter what her look is, she always looks like she can be in a magazine editorial. Mm-hmm. And she's playing a crazy cat lady. But yeah. I love the ball of yarn. I thought mm-hmm. it was just very campy and quirky and cute. All right. Yeah, it's a toot for me, too. I do like that she played with it as well. Went with the yarn, went with the cat. I love the yeah. cat. The part that cracked me up was like she had all these like cats on her, but there was one that was like by her leg and it was like clawing for dear yeah. life yeah. <laughs> to stay on that dress. I thought she did a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a good job because she she went a step. It wasn't so on the nose as the other ones. Right. Now, here's the last one. This is Monique Hart. Uh, a similar kind of bodysuit to Trinity, but she took it a step further where there's a giant hat. I don't know what you call those hats. And she's wearing boots and she's doing a... 
an homage to Puss in Boots. Your thoughts from on the, Shrek? Yeah, from Shrek. Your your thoughts here, Jamila. So, this is an example of yes, her and Trinity's were very much the same, but elevating, like the the ability to elevate and and take it a, a punch higher, just mm-hmm. making it look like Puss in Boots from Shrek. And she did just the, she had, she got the coloring right on the bodysuit, mm-hmm. the thigh high boots. Outside of just her being a Puss in Boots costume, I want those boots. Yeah, that I want that hat. Like it was also very high fashion. But it was Puss in Boots from Shrek. Like, I seriously shrieked when I saw it because I was so excited because yeah. you hit that nostalgia and you just also nailed, nailed the look. Mm-hmm. And so obviously you give it a big two. What what was the top two of the week for you? Two, two of the week? Of the week. Uh, of all five girls, what was the strongest look for you? You know what? I struggle with this because I want to say Naomi, but I don't know if that's just because I'm biased. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for execution, because it had to be pull- hard to pull it off, I'd mm-hmm. say Monique Hart. Monique Hart? All right. That yeah. couldn't have been easy. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Monique Hart. It was staying very, very closely with the theme, but also taking it a step further and making it fashion. Correct, Jamila. You are right. That is the correct well, answer. You. Am I ever wrong? No, you're not ever wrong. <laughs> All right, here we go. Back on the main stage, the reviews were generally positive for the... Oh, no, we have to talk about the Rue Hollywood story. Your thoughts on the Rue Hollywood story, the finished product. Did you laugh at all? Yes, I did. Oh. I laughed a couple of times, but that's what I'm saying. Like, if it was just, like, you cut that in half mm-hmm. and just had the three jokes that I laugh at be, like, the major punch lines, you know, and then it's like, okay... We get it. You know, like we we understand the storyline of them feuding Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Control and how this is a behind the scenes look. We we get the storyline. Everybody kind of got their highlights in. But the mm-hmm. fact that it dragged on too much is what killed me. The cl- And we didn't even get to see them film the clown thing. I was like, why is this happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone commented on social media that, you know, it seems like every drag race acting challenge is, a- a- involves a pie and fighting. Yes. A lot of pies thrown in RuPaul's Drag Race. Because I think RuPaul likes that kind of silly, dumb humor. And I think they still it's use like it. It's like a very slapsticky thing, like yeah. Mark's Brothers thing that like I just don't think works now. Well, also, especially if it was organic, it would. But it seems always shoehorned in. Like, you could have yeah. ended the scene, you know, right there at the standard at the brunch. But it was just like, well, then we went to this this... If in fact, I'm- wait, there was. You're right. There was a pie and a fight in the uh, the judge uh, Michelle Visage judge. Yeah, where they were in like people's court. Yeah, there's always some sort of like fighting and pie. It always because that's how that's their cheap way of ending. They don't know how to get out of it. But you know what's so funny is um, I was trying. To, I was actually going to do like a this, treat it the same way I treat the other scenes and go like this is what happened in the story. But mm-hmm. really, there was no story. The story was essentially that they were eating brunch. They yes. said each said a random statement that had nothing to do with anyone anyone was talking about, and then Naomi announced that she was up for a Vogue position at, uh, I mean the editor in chief of Vogue, which you would think that's well, not if we're the e- editor in chief in well, for Vogue. Are you just casually dropping that at brunch? 
Well, here's the thing. That's what that's what didn't make the most sense to me is the fact that what I did like about the scene was that they were making it Sex in the City 3, the movie, mm-hmm. and you're supposedly catching up on what the girls are up to. But for a second there, it wasn't what the girls are up to, like their characters. It was like their actual personalities. So Kim Cattrall was like, I love sex, but I'm old and dry now. And then Kirsten, da- Kristen Davis's was I'm woke Charlotte now, and I care about social justice issues. And then uh, Miranda's was I'm Cynthia Nixon, and I'm actually running for office. But then with Sarah Jessica Parker, I'm the editor of Vogue. Like, yeah, that didn't really make any sense. Is Sarah Jessica Parker really involved with? vogue in real life like it just there was no if anything i would have been like oh i'm like i i got married and i I, or i divorced big and now i'm married to a broadway star and you know like make it kind of coincide with people's real lives like they did with the other oh i see what you're saying you're right you're right do that it it was very sloppily written it it did and that's the thing is like if you think about it, it the whole story is um SJP is now you're right her real life SJP is now is now up for the job at Vogue then somehow gets it and then she chooses the um the uh the theme for the Met Ball and then they're all right which makes no sense because that has nothing to do with Carrie Bradshaw or like I've Sarah Jessica Parker has a line of shoes making that be her main point is like Mm -hmm. oh yeah you know like now I sell shoes and like I hawk it everywhere like that's that could also work for Carrie Bradshaw because Carrie Bradshaw wasn't a fashion writer she was a sex writer that's that's the same sex exactly why she was a sex writer who was extremely fashionable and just a label whore yeah, but she but she didn't write about fashion. Why would they say like, "Hey, you used to write about fucking people. Why don't we make right. you the editor in chief of Vogue?" <laughs> Good point. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it didn't make any sense, and it was not. It was just like it reminded me of like children talking. You know, like when children talk, they're all saying different things, but they're not listening to each other. That's sort of what it yes. felt like. They're just going to say their lines, and then and then Kim Control. That was actually kind of funny when she just left a post it and said, "I I can't do this. I hate you." That yeah, was kind of funny. And then Monique's interest of her falling down and getting up, that was kind of funny, too. Um, and then Monique was really funny. But then, like, why would they Why would they make that um, the scene if they had five girls and they didn't know what to do with the... I don't know. It was, it was all very hodgepodge. It, it wasn't very good or interesting. I didn't, I didn't really care for it. All right. Back on the main stage, the reviews were generally positive for the girls in the challenge. There is some disagreement about Monet's performance, but everyone except Naomi gets high marks. Trinity and Monique are named the winners of the challenge, leaving the other three girls up for elimination. Back in the workroom, all of the girls take turns pleading their cases to Trinity and Monique. Monet and Naomi both tell Trinity that they think Latrice should go home, and Latrice tells Trinity that Naomi should go home. Later on the couch, the bottom three snipe at each other about who should go home. It's pretty awkward. Back on the main stage, Trinity and Monique go head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their legacies. The song, When I Think of You by Janet Jackson. In the, I keep wanting to do like the song, though. When I think when of I you. When I think of you, baby. <laughs> um, in the end, Trinity was named the winner of the lip-sync and got the power to send one of the bottom girls home. After a short speech, Trinity pulled out the lipstick and revealed the name of the girl she had chosen to go home. Latrice, Royale, Jamila, any final thoughts on the episode? I was actually shocked that Trinity sent Latrice Royale. Oh, really? Yeah, I was because I, I, because they had played it up in the beginning. Like 
she wasn't still going to like all bets are off. Well, if all bets are off for you, all bets are off for me. But then she still did the very practical Trinity thing of sending the worst person home. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of like, I don't know why I was so shocked that Latrice went home, but I kind of was. Uh, The other thing that stood out to me about the end of the episode was just how I knew Trinity had something up her sleeve and I knew she was going to do an outfit reveal and her outfit reveal compared to Monique's was just miles and miles ahead. Like Mm. I want that bodysuit, that pink bodysuit with the big puffy sleeves. It looks so good. And she is really with these lip syncs, like cementing herself as, you know, someone who deserves to be in the competition and someone really who's a star. I don't care how central Florida she is. (laughs) You know what's so funny is okay, so I have a couple, and I don't even like her. It's like I'm. I know you keep saying that, but you you praise her over and over again. I am getting increasingly frustrated. I talk about the top of the show. I'll talk about it again with Monique and Monet, and their just sort of you know conditional philosophy on the show that depends on what what position they're Mm -hmm. in, and it seems sort of like. Like I, I've said many times, I'm not even a fan of the scorecard. But if you're into the scorecard, then stick with the scorecard. Then they're like judging Trinity, like, oh, she sticks with the scorecard, you know. But right, it's like I don't know. I just well, in the lip sync, I found myself in the lip sync. I found myself rooting for uh, Monique, Monique Hart because I was afraid that if Trinity won, she was going to send Monet home. Because I do want Monet to stay, even though I deserve she be in. She, even though I thought she deserved to be in the bottom, mm-hmm. I do want her to stay. So I was like, "Oh, if Trinity wins, she might send Monet home." But she didn't. She she kept stuck to her guns and went with who has done the worst. Which at the same time, like I've been thinking, Latrice should have went home. Like you can't just and that's something that they were saying in the workroom is that it's like, oh well, you know, she means so much to so many people and she's such a like legendary person. Like that's th- that had to have been off the table like at least three episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Um well look, I'll give it to Trinity. She has said it from the beginning and she wants to win the crown going against the best. I right. wonder if strategically it's the smartest move because I wonder if one of those people will then el- eliminate Trinity, seeing her as a threat. We won't know. We'll know. We'll find out next episode. But um, it, it, I, I will see what happens there. But um, there was something else. Oh, I want to talk about the lip sync a little bit. Is that I do love because you know what we've heard and what we know from the girls is that once the lip sync ends, it's not as quick as you see it on the show. Well, yeah, I, I I would imagine that because the person who goes home has to pack before they go in the workroom. No? No, no, they pack afterwards. You see that. We'll talk about that in a second. Oh, but, okay. But okay. what you hear is that RuPaul gets up and leaves for about 10 to 15 minutes. So the girls stand there for 10 to 15 minutes waiting for RuPaul. She's talking to producers. They're consulting about who should go home. And then she comes back and then they get in position and then she delivers her verdict. And gotcha. what's funny is you got to see that because... They end the lip sync. Monique has ripped off all her clothes. Like she's just in a bodysuit and that's it. And then when they come back to to render the decision, she's fully dressed again. Like she's put all the clothes back on in that time since RuPaul's right. left. And I thought that was so funny. Um, but in terms of Monet and Monique, it, I mean, I like them. I think they are, they, they, they deserve to be there. Um, but it does frustrate me about how they choose to send people home. And I just want, I want for the record to see, to have that known because it, it gets me really, really upset, especially with, 
I feel Monique more willing to accept it. Monet, for some reason, always seems so angry whenever she's up for elimination and the person isn't whatever position she would be in, whether it be scorecard, whichever, whichever position's at a disadvantage for her, she's all of a sudden like, why would anyone choose someone like that? It's the craziest right. thing. And that, that's just, be consistent. That's the only thing that frustrates me. Other than that, there really wasn't a lot to this episode. Somebody wrote to me and said it was one of the top five worst episodes ever. I don't agree with that. I, I think it's, it's in the middle of the pack. I'll never see this episode ever again. No. I'll and never. there's nothing really that will be memorable from this episode aside from Naomi and Monique's look. That's something I can see them coming back to again in future yeah. episodes, but nothing about like the challenge. Yeah, it wasn't particularly quotable. It wasn't any big fight. It's like, okay, let's just bring this slog over to the finale. I am curious to see what happens next week because it seems like they're changing the rules yeah. with some sort of twist. I'm so excited. So this the finale the finale's not live. No, 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 no. They don't okay, do that. Okay. Yeah, the All Stars one is always pre-taped. They still okay. do the same thing where they tape multiple endings, mm-hmm. but uh, and the girls find out when they see it who won, but gotcha. it's not in front of an audience. Right. All right. Okay. I I can never remember. Yeah. No, it it, it is hard to keep track. All right. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us Ooh. next week for the season finale of All-Star Season 4. So for Jamila Zara and myself, oh, sashay away. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre Music. That's A-L-E-X-L-E-F-E-V-R-E-M-U-S-I-C. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. Finally, to find all of our old episodes, visit our website at dragracerecap.com.